so we can start this off. You guys can all join me in a big old boo. Hiss. Boo. <sighs> Guess what Jason just did? Man, we had like, I don't know, four or solid, five minutes of just... Like four or five minutes of just the most golden material the you best. can ever think of. Yeah. I mean, I want you guys to listen to what this is it's, right now. Okay, yeah. and imagine this times 3,000. No, take it, double it, cut it in half, and double it again. <laughs> And that's what it was like. I mean, it was it was beautiful, but but alas, it's kind of like um, oh, what was the name of that band with Jack Black and the other guy? Tenacious D. Tenacious D. It's like the tribute to the greatest song in the world. Yeah, it's, you guys wouldn't know, but yeah. So we, we were will, definitely there. We won't ever experience that again, but we can have a tribute to the greatest <laughs> podcast opening ever, and it just happened, and we lost it because of my <laughs> foolish technical foolishness. Gosh darn it! Uh, Welcome to season two, episode seventeen. Man. Yeah, it is. one episode left. Yep, only for well, the season. Allegedly, alleged. So yeah, just real quick, we wanted to hear from our listeners if they want us to extend the season. Yeah, so drop like us we, a line. We talked about doing a couple extra episodes, but we do need a break. So you know, who does? Take it easy on us. Who needs a break? The podcast people, us, you and me. We do need a break. We can't podcast all day, every day, twenty four seven. No breaks. Dude, I'll cast my pods all day. You'll every cast your day. pods all day yeah, for dude, glory. They're eating Tide Pods out here. What makes you think <laughs> that they're not going to eat Salty Dogs podcast, dude? Do you know that one of my favorite quotes ever from you on the podcast is, yeah, we cast pods all day for the glory. <laughs> I still remember mean? that one. Yeah, there's a couple of one-liners that came out of the podcast that I really enjoy. I only have a couple. That's all yeah, I'm here that, for. That's a, that's a good question from our listeners. If they've got a... Um, if they've got a one-liner that they just really love, maybe they can think of it. Yeah. Maybe they don't, maybe. and it's not a big deal. Maybe we're not a one-liner kind of podcast. Maybe we're a multiple liners. Yeah. You know, I would assume a good podcast is like a good movie. It's quotable. Yeah, so maybe, absolutely. I don't know if we have a quotable podcast or yeah, not. Yeah, man. Let us have it. Yep. Tell us what's up. So you can, bring it on. Yep. You can shoot us an email to the salty dogs podcast at gmail.com inbox. We're going to call this session Pass the Salt. I like that. You like that? Yeah, pass the salt. All right. So let's rewind it. Cool. I got some mean potatoes over here that <laughs> salted. <laughs> that can mean multiple things. We'll move on. Corey Howard. Corey, again. Corey <laughs> Howard. Yeah, we gave you a shout out earlier, but then the it got, best shout out. Yeah, and it got deleted. So this is a tribute <laughs> to your best shout out ever. This is only half as good as the other one. So double this one and then cut it in half, and that's what it is. <laughs> So, Corey Howard says, I've been listening to your podcast the last few weeks on Spotify. You're both so inspirational. I love listening to you guys. You bring amazing concepts of the church into light, and it's incredible. I hope uh, God keeps moving you both in the direction he's already taken you. And I hope, obviously, under his will, that you guys can truly begin a movement in the church. Me too, man. That's what I hope too, Corey. Yeah, but he specifies the church being the body of people, not a building. Right. We love that one. I, I mean, right? that's the go-to. Mm-hmm. Yep. So to help them move in the right direction too. Yeah. We just want to point people to Jesus. That's man. it. Yep. I listen to you guys daily at work and I've never felt such passion for the Lord. You guys have helped me draw closer to God outside of the physical church and helped me change my motives to be focused more on God's hope for my life. Keep it up, Corey in Michigan. He just buttered our bread right there. Yeah, that's right. And then that's when I said, pass the salt. Yeah. I'm ready. And so, Corey, I hope you have the <laughs> deepest... Crimson cheeks. <laughs> that doesn't get old. I'll say that every day. Crimson. May the Lord endow- cast upon thee, endow thee <laughs> from the heavenlies with the rosiest cheeks ever. Yep. Who does not give. Yeah. 
No, he does. He he has no partiality. Right, no partiality. He'll no. give the rosiest of cheeks to this. <laughs> if right. you lax rosy cheeks, cheeks, all you gotta do is ask. Ask bro. the Lord. James yeah. said it. He did. Yeah. <clears throat> so uh, we have. Yep. A, a Go pretty, for it. Pretty serious episode. I mean, they're all serious, I think. Right. But uh, um, this one, I think, is it, it's home for me in a lot of different areas, and I know it's going to hit with everybody because we all go through suffering. But uh, we, uh, I just think that there's a there is a misunderstanding uh, of su- of how a Christian is supposed to suffer. I think a lot of us are, <clears throat> a lot of Christians are deceived into thinking that uh, God wants you to be happy. And uh, that happiness at all costs means that that's the route of God. And uh, actually, God doesn't want you to be happy. He wants you to be holy. And um, we're going to discuss... And he uh, wants you to have joy. Yeah, joy in it. But the joy is in the suffering. Right. You know what I mean? Joy during the... I mean, joy at all times, but mostly joy in the suffering because the joy of the Lord is the strength for the suffering. So anyway, we'll get get on that later. So let's let's give the title of the episode because I think that's going to kind of pave pave Uh, the way for us. And I didn't come up with it. No, you didn't. You you, you sure didn't come up with that. I have to give credit where credit is due. It's Mr. Derek Shore here at the table with us. Yeah, and Derek Shore... uh, Well, hold on. Let me give the the title and then you can introduce him. Does that work? Apparently it doesn't. Go ahead. That's the meanest stare you've ever given me. It was pretty. From hate. behind the pop filter. It was just filled with hate and discontent. I felt it. There were like eye darts stabbing me in like my heart. Like Roger Rabbit. <laughs> yes, that's right. So the title of the episode is Redemptive Suffering. Mm. That's deep, bro. And what it means for our life, yeah. And what it means for our life. Man, so yeah, introduce him and then he can tell us why he why he chose that phrase for yeah. us. Yeah. Uh, man, Derek uh, Shore is, uh, I consider him a good friend. I haven't seen him in like five years, but that, you know, hey. It's That's what Facebook is come, for. I know. We just come right back to it, like it, like it. We never left each other. But uh, he was there for, for some some pinnacle moments in my life uh, before, and some valley. Uh, yeah, a lot of valleys, and uh, he was there through some deep, deep suffering. Studios <laughs> falling apart. It's the spirits. Um, but he was there for some <laughs> deep, deep suffering. I know. Hey, it, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. It doesn't sound like. We're suffering right now, but I assure you we are. And so uh, he... (laughs) I wish this would live so people could see what's happening right now. I'm going to take a picture and we'll post it. Yeah, we'll post it. So, but uh, Derek Shore was here for me in a lot of different areas. And really, he turned me on to um, some Orthodox stuff from uh, Eastern uh, Orthodoxy and... And uh, really got me into some contemplative things and and uh, the, some of the more beneficial uh, pe- artists or not artists the um, authors that I've read uh, have been me chasing that rabbit that he that he introduced me to down the hole and it's like a never ending hole. So, uh, Derek, what's up, man? How you doing, man? It's good to see you again. <laughs> boisterous, boisterous voice. Boisterous. We That'll back, probably be had... the mo- the butteriest, fulliest, fullest, most James Earl like Jones. Oh, James man. Earl Jones like voice you've yeah. ever heard on the podcast. I mean, yeah, it's good. Man, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us, tell tell us a little bit about your about your ministry, man. Where you come from, what you're doing now, right? Like what you're, about your church, where you can find that on online, so people can check it out. And... Sure, sure. Right, I pastor Church at the Cross, West Wichita, twenty nine zero one Taft. Thank you for the selfless shout out that you allow me to put out there. Uh, we're a, a, a church we meet on Saturday nights, not for any theological reason, but because I have this big building, a small group of people, and we bless a lot of other ministries uh, that utilize our building. 
Can I mention some of them? Dude, yeah, absolutely. go for it. Wichita throw them out there. Area Homeschool Association Athletics. Most people, when I tell them where I pastor, they're like, hey, I watched my grandkids play basketball in your gym. And so lots of people through that. Christian Youth Theater, another great organization. Great Plains Church meets on Sunday mornings. If Saturday night's not a great time to go to church, which I think it's a pretty good time. It's a better time for me to go to church. It's a great time. I love (laughs) Saturday night church, but Sunday morning's great church there. So uh, I've been there for 10 years. I actually grew up in the church. Hillary Clinton said it takes a village. Occasionally, I kind of laugh at them and say this might be God's humor, but if you don't like what I have to say, you all kind of form me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. That's a lot of fun. No, that's great. I love that um, you guys kind of sound a little bit like the source in our ministry. Like we want to be a resource to the body of Christ. We have this large building. There's a lot of space and we can't use it all. And so, you know, why should it sit empty? Space is a great commodity. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I don't think we have enough of it sometimes. Enough space? Yeah. Yeah. Get out of my space, bro. Yeah. Is that what you meant? Yeah. Okay, good. Or get in my space. (laughs) My space died, bro. It's all about Facebook and Twitter. What happened? Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Ask uh, ask Tom, whatever that guy's name was. What was his last name? I can't remember. Uh, didn't sound Doesn't important. matter. Somebody, <laughs> you can email us and let us know at the Salty Dogs Podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Pass the salt. Pass the salt, homie. So, Derek, we uh, Casey gave you a shout. Said, "Hey, come on the podcast. We're gonna be talking about suffering." And uh, I was I was thinking somewhere the, along the lines of like. Um, you know, suffering for a profit or, you know, like that, you know, there's benefit, sure. there's benefit to it. And then you came with this uh, statement, redemptive suffering. And so if you would, and he was excited and he was excited about it. Too, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so that's ta- how, you know, it's going to be good. Talk a little bit before you even dive into the suffering part, talk about that word redemptive and why that's such an important part of um, Christianity. Like, re- I mean, redemption Right. That's the good news. Yeah, we'll I bring mean, it to the us. The good news isn't that we can go to heaven when we die. The good news is we are no longer dead. We are alive. Mm. And we can access the kingdom of God today. Mm. And that's redemption. That's right. I, I couldn't be that without Christ coming within me and redeeming, changing, right. transforming me. Yeah, so mm. why do we need redemption? Uh, do you want to keep being dead? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I, I, I think. I think, and you know that that kind of turns into a churchy word, redemption. Yeah. And so, uh, in this kind of podcast, I think we probably ought to uh, come up with maybe another an, another word. But you know that dead to life thing. We can't underestimate underestimate that. There's people that are that are suffering in this world, and suffering is all they foresee. Yeah. One of the, a a statement that a friend of mine makes, we talk about tragedy Mm -hmm. and the story, tragedy being a story. This guy, man, what a tragic story he had. In Christ, no story stays tragic. Mm. There is redemption. Mm. So that means that anything that was lost, anything that was broken, anything that was dead can be brought to life, restored, multiplied, made useful. Made all new. Made all new. Not even just... Not even taking something that was old and and fixing it so that it looks fixed, but talking complete com- recreation, right? Complete yeah. recreation. I mean, and I, w- I would go so far as to say that you know, um, 
the recreation has to come through destruction, right? Sure. I mean, sure, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, it does. I believe, and um, that that process of like we had just said before the podcast, like there is everybody wants resurrection, right? But there's only one way that resurrection comes, and that's through death, through death. right? Yeah. And that's why I think Christ was saying, "Die to yourself, right? right? Take up your cross." And we all have a cross to bear. I, I don't care who you are. I don't care how holy you are. I don't care. I don't care how holy you think you are. I don't care how right you think you are. I don't care about any of that because we all have a cross that we have to bear. He and that's said, what he's bidding. If you're for. my disciple, yeah. But so that's anybody who wants that. Right. Has to take the cross. Yeah. And that's part of it. And I mean, all the disciples were killed. They right? were. And Except they for John. They considered it joy. Hmm. The, what do they say? The, 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 church is, the church is seated by the blood of the martyrs. Of the martyrs, yeah. Hmm. And you know, even today, today we prayed last night in church. In China, churches are being... Shut down. Shut down, burned, crazy. You know, so even today... People are still going through that uh, that process, and we want to we want to pray for them and encourage them and be encouraged by their faith that allowed them to stay strong in the face of that. Mm-hmm. Right. So How light are our sufferings compared to that kind of stuff, man? I mean, we 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 hear, and you know, we've we've talked about this on a couple of different episodes and stuff. But we, I just, it, it astonishes me sometimes how how little spiritual grit we have, and how easily we're swayed by the enemy to give up, right? Yeah. And and how easy it is for us to to seek. Uh, I think the the path of least resistance and label yes. that as God because God wants me to be happy. Therefore. If I'm meeting any sort of resistance whatsoever, that's not God. And actually, I think that the path of most resistance is the path yeah, of that's God. A good way of putting it, Casey. The path of, path of least resistance—that's water. Yeah, that's not. You know, we we want to have living water, but that we're not to be water that just flows downhill because we can't trudge uphill. Yeah, and then label it as something else. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And, and how how easy, like I said, how and and how light are our sufferings compared to around the around the world? You know what I mean. And you see, you know, when I went to India, uh, I don't know if you knew that. Mm-hmm. I went to India and I saw suffering. You know what sure. I mean. And I saw slavery, you modernized slavery, and people living in slavery. That's suffering. That is. You know what I mean. And uh, but not getting our not getting our way. You know that's not suffering. No. You know what I mean. No. Not compared to what these people. My are going ACs through. broke down. I know. That's not suffering. Yeah. Right. When the majority of the of the world lives without air conditioning. Without it, yeah. Right, yeah. And, and in my opinion, I mean, you know, Satan can't be everywhere, right? So he has to weave nets, right? Yeah. God is omniscient. Yeah. He's omnipotent. Absolutely. He's everywhere. He can be everywhere Absolutely. at all times. Satan can't be yeah. that. Yeah. So he has to weave nets, man. Yeah. And like, let me tell you, one of the greatest nets he's ever weaved was the comfort of, of that we live in. Yes. Comfort. Yes, absolutely. As a in the Western world, we're we're fortunate beyond measure, and we don't see that far too often. And you don't have to you don't have to journey too far into the scripture and see lots of suffering, lots of pain, lots of angst. Lots of redemption, though. And that's, that's the final word. That's awesome. So, so this episode is a little reminiscent, remin, reminiscent 
of the episode that we had with Matthew Pinner and, and James Weishart, that mm. you know as well. Yes. Um, and we talked about the persecuted church. Um, but we got into this whole, uh, you know, the gospel of suffering versus um, the gospel of happiness or prosperity or whatever it is. And so somewhere along the line, and I don't know if this is your experience or not, but I was fed a lie somehow, or maybe I perceived it that way earlier in my in my days when I was a teenager and going to church, I thought that if I fully gave my life over to the Lord and chased after him, that like all my problems would go away and I would be happy and things would be good. Yes. And yes. Little, little did I know that this whole process of sanctification would take place in my life where he would burn off the impurities. Yes. <laughs> Burning the dross. That, right. That, that part was really minimized. Right. Uh, I, yeah, I, yeah, we didn't hear a lot about no, that. No. You know, and I, and I, and I love using this. I, I heard this thing when I was in Teen Challenge once. I forgot the pastor that said it to me, but it was so profound. He just let me know. He was talking about, um, since we're on the, uh, the topic of dross and, and the furnace and fire, purifying um but back in the days when they used to purify gold you know they didn't have like all the fancy measuring tools that we have now to measure its purest form but they knew that gold was the purest form when you can see your reflection in it wow and like that is when they refined it yeah when they refined it like and they were scooping out the dross it was in its purest form when you can see your reflection in it and like that to me i was like that's beautiful is it not? Yeah. I mean, yeah. In in spite in spite of pain and suffering, there is beauty. Yeah. And that's that's why that's why I love the term redemptive suffering. The enemy would love for suffering just to be suffering. suffering yeah. and, pointless and suffering. Exactly. Pointless suffering. Good way of putting it. Redemptive suffering involves Jesus and it turns the whole thing uh it turns the object around. Right. Where I'm pressed but i'm not crushed yeah i'm persecuted but i'm not abandoned hmm. you mm-hmm. know, see yeah. that that that's that's the beauty right so so the lie of the enemy then to somebody undergoing persecution or trial or hardship the lie of the enemy is this is it this is the end this is all you can handle this is going to crush you this is going to tear you up your life quit your life is going to be just over quit. just quit and quit. ultimately sadly the 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 end result that he desires for us is that that we're we're destroyed. Yeah. Not just like mentally, but spiritually, spiritually emotionally, emotionally, and then ultimately physically yes, to where you reach that point. That's of all no he return. wants. Man. Yeah. That's like, what he that's wants. That's all he wants. He wants destruction, and that's that's it, man. Complete and utter destruction of who we are in any means necessary. That's why we got to be wise, man. Especially on this topic, and that's what I want to, you know, because it's so personal. We have to be wise in the way that we're suffering, because otherwise, like you said, it'll end up a pointless thing. We'll end up going a way that we thought was God, or 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 just not just quitting altogether. And but when you quit on the process, you quit on the resurrection. You quit on the redemption. You know what I mean? When you don't when you don't shoulder through and you know set your faces flint like Jesus did when he was walking into Jerusalem, you know what I mean? Like you got to know that when you, when you choose the life of Christ, you are choosing, you are choosing suffering in, in one form or another. I'm not saying it's all gloom and doom, but there is, especially when you give him permission to do what he needs to do to make you useful to the kingdom, you will go through that process period end of discussion, you know? And I think we're just, again, we're so just weak, man. Yeah. Like yeah, that's, no backbone. That's, Part, partly because of our freedom, partly because of the extravagant blessings that we enjoy and we count them as, as our rights and our, our normal state. Uh, 
and you read you read scripture, you look at the place in the world where scripture came to life and was born out in the story, and you don't see it that way. Yeah. Yeah, let me let me read and we're all familiar with this verse, but James chapter one, uh two through four. It said or excuse me, yeah. James chapter one, verse two through four, it says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet tri- uh, trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Um, but it's interesting that um, he's saying, you know, that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Well, some people don't seem to know that the testing of their faith produces steadfastness. Those are immature Christians, though, what? if they don't know that. <laughs> right. 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 And so I think the entire purpose of this this episode um, is not to paint this bleak picture of Christianity and you no, know, no, coming no, to Christ. No. Right. Like, you know, oh, you guys make it sound terrible. No, it's wonderful. That's right. Yeah. And it's wonderful. And that's what redemptive su- uh, suffering is all about. That's why we take joy in trial. And so the thing is, like, I think it makes a huge difference when you can find the purpose in your suffering. So rather than just thinking that it's pointless and that, you know, you're just going to be the re- this way the rest of your life. Right. Um, I'm reminded of the story and you'll have, you can probably tell it better than, than I can. Um, in scripture where uh, I think it's the Pharisees uh, came to Jesus and they said, who sinned this, this man's um, mother? Or, oh yeah, there's the disciples. Right? Yeah, the disciples. The, them, them, okay, those yeah. who walked with Jesus. Yeah. You know, that was such a narrative. <laughs> like, yeah. Sin. Yeah. 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 That was such a false narrative right. that somebody had to sin for there to be this condition. And, uh, you know, that's uh, a narrative is a huge part of this. Cause you're right. It's not, it's not a downer, right? It's understanding our narrative purpose and, and restoring right. ourselves from pointless life that includes suffering, suffering and maybe even some happiness. Right. You know, yeah. and and we all like that, but there's a point to our life mm-hmm. and we're going a direction. Right. And that our story includes purpose. Exactly. So steadfastness. I like that word. Mm-hmm. Steadfastness in a microwave society is not a hallmark. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. So yeah. then he answers and, and he I mean, says even, neither it's for the glory of God. That's right. And so that this that this man endured what was it blindness? Blindness. Yeah. And so w- I remember teaching on that one time, and and I think the statement that I said was, the pinnacle of your pain is God's glory, yeah. Because wow. he he interjects and gets all the glory for being the one who ultimately gets you through that pain and brings about a purpose from right, it. Right. Because that's what he did. This man was blind for years and years and years. Well, why? Who sinned? How did this happen? This is terrible. Isn't God good? And then Jesus comes and heals him. And it's God's glory in that moment saying, here I am. I, I can do all things. I can heal. I can speak to the waters. I, right, I, right. I can bring the dead to life. And so when we then take our focus onto who God is and his glory, well, then all of our woes then kind of start to fail in comparison to who he is, right? In, yeah, and it's in the not, light of who he is. And it's not and just like I mean, it's not like he's not gonna do, you know what I mean? It's not like he's not gonna be on the other end. It's what we're talking about, the purpose, you know what right. I mean? It's not like we're suffering, the world is suffering because it is through the condition of sin, and mostly by man, okay? Mankind is the one that causes all the suffering on this planet. I don't care. You can argue me till you're blue in the face, but man, we did this. You know what I mean? We did this. And so, but it's not like God isn't going to be, you know, 
there at the end, man, that's part of the, that's part of the joy, right? The joy of the Lord is my strength, right? So count it all joy. Okay. So count it as joy while you're in the trial, not after. Okay. Oh, well then I'll get my joy in the after. No, count it as joy. And when you count it as joy, the joy of the Lord is your strength, right? The strength for that trial to endure. And at the end of that, and where you see beauty, bro, you're going to see ashes. You know Mm. what I mean? Where you see beauty, there will be ashes. That's there will be there will be trial. You know, there will be by fire, man. You know, sorry. No, you're fine. You're fine, uh, Derek. You came. You came prepared. Armed. You oh, you came armed. That's what it is with the with the sword of the word. That's right. In its sheath. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Pull it out, man. Tell us what. Um, Tell us what you were kind of thinking about. I know we jumped off and, and talked about a few things, but you've got some things th- written down and yeah, tell us, I think tell when us we what talk you're about suffering, we talk about suffering and we, we see others that suffer and our hearts are drawn to their suffering. That's a, that's a term kind of a, I don't know if it's a theological term. It's a philosophical term called co-suffering. Now that's not, I don't enter in or co-suffer with them just for the purpose of that but when i'm with them and we are in christ now we have redemptive co-suffering jesus suffered for us mm-hmm. he co-suffered we attach that we attach his passion with our suffering and that's where redemption comes from he mm-hmm. he didn't stay on the cross 3 days later he rose again right death has been defeated now death has not been eliminated Right. It's been defeated, but we still have to walk through those valleys, the shadow of death. We still have to walk through the hard times, but understanding that there is that there is a redemptive power available to us by attaching ourselves with Jesus, the suffering that he went through, we also part- we participate. Mm-hmm. That's a biblical word. We participate in, his suffering. in Christ, in his suffering. We also <clears throat> participate in his resurrection. Right. Praise so God. Paul said... Paul said, I want to know Christ and the fellowship of his suffering. Ooh, nice. What is it? So do you know what the word fellowship means? The way it breaks down? It means part- Break it down, Jason. It means participatory contribution. Wow. Wow. And so we participate that's in... Bear- that's bearing one, one another's burdens. Yeah. Thus, that you is. Fu- thus you fulfill the law of Christ, that which is. is love. And love covers the multitude of sins. And love mm-hmm. conquers all things. You know what I mean? It's interesting. My, my full title that I kind of put on my little... Cheat sheet here: Redemptive suffering equals love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, break it down. That that so that suffering that Christ that we're participating in because of His love for us, our love for Him. Suffering has to include for redemptive suffering has to include Christ. I mean, that's He's the core component of the redemption. Right. And so it's not just uh, you know in in the world we have things like social justice. Well, those are good. That's good for social justice. It's good to see justice accomplished, and God wants justice, but it has to come through him. Otherwise, uh, otherwise, it's what uh, Dallas Willard calls just a good ethic. Mm-hmm. We are not after just a good ethic. Mm-hmm. We are after partnering with God in co-suffering love, working through the, you know, working with people, partnering with him, to not just make their lives happy, but give them purpose and a destination in Him, and that's not an ethic. That's our. That's no, us. That's the core. That's core. Would, would you say that redemptive redemption does not stand alone? That it always stands with suffering. 
Wow. I think on a on a on a flash thought I would I think I would agree with that. Uh-huh. I think that's borne out. Jesus didn't didn't uh, he went through the cross. He suffered. Right. And if he if he had maybe that would maybe it wouldn't stand maybe you wouldn't need the cross if he had just <laughs> You know, I don't know what that Magically, would be. Yeah, something. You're, you're he forgiven. Had to be, right, something like that. You're redeemed. It's there. You have to walk through that. Yeah, I mean, even that concept to me is fascinating. With a word, he created everything. Yes. So with a word, could he have not created redemption? Absolutely. So why is it so necessary that it's that God sent Himself to suffer knowingly? Right. What? what I mean, if He could have. If he could just stop suffering. That's kind of stunning thought, isn't it? Yeah. Why did he why did he come and suffer to show us the way, right? You I think you get into some some deep stuff there about propitiation and and a ransom. Yeah. Um because you know, uh, where does it say that there's no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood? Right. And then you get into the sacrificial system, but then animals weren't good enough to re- to forgive and redeem fully for all time. So Christ, who was perfect and without blemish, had to come and sure. Die. That's yeah. a, there's an Eastern concept in that that I love as the as the uh, as the people left the garden as Adam and Eve left the garden, an animal was killed. And they were sheathed. Right. They were draped with his body. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's where the shedding of blood comes from. And the weight of the, the sin as they left the garden had them bent. St. Augustine calls that the incurvatus soul. It's wicked. It's wicker. It's twisted. We huh. get that. We get Whoa. the term wick, wicker from yeah. twisted wood from that nature of that. In, oh, that's wow. Cur, it's curved. And so we walk Bent, bent out of the garden until we are redeemed, where we're upright right. yep. and in proper and right standing with the Lord. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> the only way I've ever heard of the word wicker was wicker. A truth wicker bombs, furniture. Bro. Yeah. Truth bombs are good. They are good. Yep. They're good. So um, one of the scriptures that's kind of coming to my mind is where it talks about, I think it's in Hebrews, where uh, it says that Jesus learned obedience through suffering. Yes. Do you remember this? Yes. Yes. Do you have that there? I, is that what I have? Hebrews four. Since we have a great high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast to our confession. I love this. This is so. This is our part. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who, in every respect, has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And then let us have the confidence to draw near to the throne of grace mm. that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Mm. Co-suffering. He co-suffered with us. He was tempted as we are. Therefore, in picking up our cross, we can follow him. We're joining him. We're, well, we're enjoining him. Yeah, just think about the the empathetic nature of that, that scripture where we're Christ seated at the right hand of the Father, who is, um, he's advocating for us wow. day and night for forever, right now, yes, yes, advocating right for now. us. And so what he's, what he's looking, he, he's looking at us and he's saying, I understand. Wow. He's saying, I, I get it. I get it. And then he looks at the Father and he says, I understand. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you wow. know what I mean? Yeah. He understood what it's like, man. Yeah. What, what, what does he do? He's been ridiculed. Okay, he was abandoned, beaten, right? Uh, experienced death of friends, experienced death himself, extreme pain. 
Rejection. Like, rejection. Abandonment. Abandonment. All uh, false accusation. Publicly, he, he was publicly, publicly, publicly yeah. humiliated. Right. Yeah, shame, shame. Hum- yeah, all of these things right. that he experienced. Right. Mm-hmm. So therefore, he is able. You know what I mean? And he's not. He's transcendent as he is imminent. You know what I mean? Like he's been there, and even that right there is like the thought is profound. It's like, it's, <laughs> what did you say? He's what transcendent? He's as tra- he's he's transcendent, transcendent as, he, as, he, as he is as he is imminent. Right. You yeah. know, and actually it's the perfect desert man. Fathers, he's been reading. Yeah. It's yeah. The is that what fathers, that is? Dude. Yeah. yeah, bro. I'm telling you, and uh, contemplative that contemplative nature also uh, helps you put put a a face. You know what I mean? Or or not a face, but like. It helps you put words to and like really take in uh, when you're going through a hard time to sit there and to meditate and contemplate on that suffering man. And it brings it brings an understanding, you yes. know, and it brings purpose. We do that with Jesus. I want to. I, I just want to clarify that yeah, yeah. because in the world there's this thing called kind of contemplation, mm-hmm. where it's a journey into self and self discovery. Well, when we talk about contemplation, we're talking about a journey into God and his discovery for us. So when we contemplate, and when I contemplate, I picture Jesus is sitting right next to me. And if I'm contemplating suffering, man, this stinks what's going on in my life. Lord, can you help me? Do you have answers? Do you have ideas? Yeah. And finding, being contemplative and finding like taking the journey inside God, you find your true self. That's right. So a con- contemplative into our own self is only going to breed, you know, more, more of the same <laughs> more stuff. More of me. Right. More P- of me. Pity more party. Me. Yeah. Me, me, me. Right. Yeah. Poor, poor me. You know what I mean? Right. But when you can contemplate that, you find the true self and your truest self is found in Christ. With Christ. That's Perfectly. Right. We're in Christ. Yeah. No, I think a, a, a really what's the word applicable question in this situation for anybody who is enduring some sort of suffering, some sort of trial, some sort of hurt or pain or abandonment, whatever it may be, remind yourself one that Christ has suffered all things just as you're suffering. And then I think it's Peter who says like, don't be deceived that you're you're not the only one undergoing this type of suffering, yeah. but your brothers and sisters all around the world, the world are enduring this this kind of suffering. So one, you're not alone. Don't let Satan tell you're alone in this, and that you're the only person that's ever struggled this way. Good word, because that's, that's a right. lie. A prime prime narrative yeah. right there in our ear. You're alone. You're yeah. alone. And then number two, no one has ever experienced this before. No, because Jesus has. Now it may not be uh, tit for tat, so to speak. Right? It's not totally equal situation, but at the core of it, what is it? Do you feel humiliated? Do you feel shame? Do you feel abandoned? Do you feel lied to or hurt or rejected? Christ has endured all those things. And so, yeah, remember that he can, he can uh, sympathize with that because he knows, yeah, exactly what that's like. Mm. And so we don't like that. We like to, we like to, we like to just, Make our we want our problems to go away, and and oftentimes we have money and resources and those kind of things that that that's an attempt to do. The Christian response to tragedy isn't to push it away, ignore it, or suffering it or pretend it's not there. It's to enter in with it, and to say you're not alone. I'm here with Christ. We're here together. Together, and recognize, acknowledge the pain. 
acknowledge the suffering. Maybe there's something we can do. Maybe there's not. Maybe acknowledging is the is the not only the first but the best response we have. Right. But there's presence, and in Christ's presence, something's th- something that's wrong is made right. Yeah. In, in my his, experience, in His presence is fullness of joy. There you go. And so, too often, going back to this, God doesn't want us to be happy; He wants to be holy, kind of thing. Like we we live. I here's what I call it: millennialistic idealism mm-hmm. is what I call it for my generation. I I want the ideal situation in all ways, in all things, at all times. I don't Therefore, wanna, whatever I have to do to obtain whatever that, I have to I do to do. obtain that, I will do right. So I want everything to be. I don't want to experience any hardship. I want to be able to pay all my bills. I want to be able to be, go on vacation when I want. I don't want to be upset. I don't want to be inconvenienced. I, you know, all of these different things. Sure. I call it millennialistic idealism <laughs> or, or utopian idealism yeah, is what yes. it is. Like we want this perfect world and, uh, and we just, de- we deceive ourselves to believe that that is going to exist this side of heaven. Right. Correct. Um, right. Or this side of the return of Christ, I suppose. But what I was saying was we look to our circumstances. We look horizontally for joy when we have to look vertically yeah, for right. joy because in his presence is fullness of joy. And let me just say, imagine in your, in your, your most dire bleak place of suffering and trial, Christ walked through the door. Mm, wow. What would change? Everything, yeah, would, everything change. would change. Everything would change because in his presence. Is that fullness, Jesus? Oh, he's getting... You just got hit by the studio. The is spirit, that Jesus? Man. The spirit. Yeah, right. Jesus, is that you? Um, and so what did David write? Better is one day in your courts than a thousand Thousands. elsewhere. Wow. Than a thousand elsewhere. And right. then you get Ecclesiastes. All is vain. All is vanity. Yeah. Everything yep. under the sun. From the guy who had everything. <laughs> From the guy, <laughs> From the who, guy had who had everything. everything. Yeah. yeah. I mean, think about that. I mean, and just what you were saying, man. Like we seek the perfect, you know, the perfect world rather than the perfect will. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And uh, perfection, there's only one thing perfect in this world, man. And that was Christ. You know what I'm saying? And we, we, we oftentimes skirt around that, you know what I mean? To, to find what you said, the, the perfect world, the, the ideal, you know, but rather than seeking the perfect will, man. And, uh, you know, it pleased the Lord to crush Jesus it pleased God to crush Jesus. And if we're, if, if Christ is the template, right? The firstborn, right? The first seed, right? And we're to be like him. Why do we have in our minds that we are not going to suffer? If God's son suffered as a son and we're orphaned in, or we were orphans, but we're, we're adopted in, why would we view it any differently? Why would, I mean, I know like he suffered these things. So we did, you know, so he could take those things upon him, but the template is there. In this world, you will have trouble, but I've overcome the world. So he sure. did that, right? He did that. So why would we think that we are above the son of God? If you, if you, if a servant is not above his master. Not at all. And if he suffered, we will suffer, man. Not at all. So I'm just thinking about this because, yeah, again, we, we start thinking about it and it sounds a little crazy, um, bleak, right? But suffering and pain produces one of two things. It produces dependence or independence. Whoa. You either try and figure things out on your own and go your own way and solve your own problems, or you point all of that 
to trusting the Father that right. He is who He says He is, and He can do what He says He can do. That's why Peter says, "Cast your cares on the Lord; He cares for you." Philippians says, "Don't be anxious about anything. Prayer and petition, thanksgiving, make your requests known to the Lord." Right? And the peace of God that transcends all understanding guards your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Right? So, gosh. <laughs> I should have known that this would happen. This is ridiculous. It man. is pretty ridiculous. The, the well, panels they, are falling off the wall. Yeah, we have sound panels in here, and they had fallen, and I thought, oh, I'll just tape them back up, and it'll be fine. And no, it's not working. It's not so fine. That's, yeah, it's kind of funny. I wish you guys could see it. But. <laughs> what, what you were saying, yeah. John, in John 16, the suffering is likened to a woman giving birth. Very cool. So the woman's giving birth. There's anguish. There's pain. But the baby being, once the baby's born... She she no longer remembers the anguish for a joy that a human being has been born into the world. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, Jesus says, and your hearts will rejoice and no one can take that joy from you. Right. And yeah, well, it's interesting. All of creation is groaning, but then Mm. so are we. There's There's this air of discontentment in the world but for us, it's because we're longing to be united with the Lord, the the um, the bride waiting for the bridegroom to return, mm. right? Something's not right. Yeah, in something's the world. not we right. We know that. Yeah, yeah. everybody knows that. Yeah. We know that. Yeah, like earthquake and famine and tornado and hurricane. That world is broken. We were made right? for Eden. Right. Yes, God, right. God made us for Eden. The first thing that comes out of our mouth then is the cry that Eden's not here. Yeah, and as, as yeah. E- even as a baby, but, somehow but, that intuition is. But what was there? Because someone may use that to argue and say, see, look, we do desire utopia and perfection, but it was because the presence of God walked was, with man daily. That's right. That's right. There was no separation. There was no glass darkly. It was, we are your people and you are our God face right. to face. Which is what's going to be reinstituted at the coming. That's what through we're kingdom, promised. Through That's kingdom, making everything through kingdom right. living. Yes. Yeah, through kingdom living. Yeah. And it's interesting. I mean, we're not talking about, because suffering has different things. There's, there's self-made suffering. You know what I'm saying? Uh, there is suffering that you it's bring upon consequences. yourself. Consequences. Consequences. Yeah. But yeah, even yeah. then, he still works yeah. through that. And he, even yeah. then, his will is reconciliation. His will is redemption, right? Absolutely. So I suffer through my poor choices, right? But the end is still the same. Redemption. Discipline. The same thing. It doesn't seem good at the time. It sucks. Right. It absolutely <clears throat> sucks. And, and and man, I can I can tell you stories and mm-hmm. I'm living one now and I'm not right. gonna go into it. Sure. But man, like even even the discipline of the Lord is for a purpose. What does it say, man? It it yields a harvest of righteousness for, for those, those who have been trained, trained by it, it, not by those who quit and give up. Mm. Right? To the end. You see it through to the end. And yeah. you are trained in a new way and you right. have a harvest of righteousness coming your way because you were trained by it. And then you know what? The next time and the next time and the next time and the next time. The trials get a little easier. I mean, not maybe not the circumstance, but the way that you deal with those trials gets a little bit easier. It's it's easier to trust in God. Your character is Formed. Right, you're right because you've had steadfastness. Because you've had steadfastness right. in the spite of the sorrow. Right. You've 
been disciplined and it yields righteousness right. in the form of right. character and right. the ability to continue to do the right thing, even when that's not the yeah. easiest. Exactly. Thing. How you suffer has everything to do with how you see your suffering. Yeah. Because James says, consider it pure joy. Yeah. So you can be miserable and suffer. You can be joyful and suffer and it has everything to do with what you know. Right. And what you, and, but if you've what never, you believe. Right. right. And, and I can tell you stories, brothers and sisters, like, let me tell you, I mean, if you're going through something right now, I'm telling you to hold on. Because, I mean, Derek's been there for one of the most trying times in my life when two friends of mine died the same morning and could have very easily been me. Derek knows that. I swear that to God. Could have, I mean, I could have been there and it could be me in, this, in, the, in the casket, man. And not only that, but I've seen other things happen in my life where I was put in impossible situations, impossible situations. And the only way out was if he made a way. And, he, and I'm telling you, he has showed up every single time. He's the God of the impossible, right? And even now I'm getting tears in my eyes because you need to know this because it's important for your suffering. It's important for your spiritual character that on the end of this, it doesn't seem good. It seems bleak. And the things that we're talking about seems bleak, but I'm telling you on the other end of this is a new understanding of God, a new understanding. Well, every time they named God in the old Testament is when they had a new understanding of who he was. So you climb the mountain that he gives you to climb, you get to the top through all that. And when you climb a mountain, let me like, even now rope access. Us, climbing mountains to the top is no small feat it, and it could cost you your life. Okay. But when you get to the mountain, you have a new view, right? And when, and God, a new perspective, and then you understand God in a new way for the way that he delivered you. And then you get to name him yeah. just like it's, when you, when you summit, when you summit a mountain for the first time, that's never been summited by anybody else before you get to name that summit. Cause you got there. It's the same thing. You get to name God in your life, the way that he showed up for you. It's, it's true because there's a difference between reading that God provides and that he's Jehovah Jireh and experiencing the provision of God and proclaiming God is my provider and understanding and understanding. So just reading it and having a head knowledge and experiencing it and having a life knowledge. And that's, that's the part of the problem with our theology today too, is we have all this head knowledge, no experience knowledge. You know what I mean? All these Oh, I read this about God. Therefore I know it, man. No, you gotta, you gotta live it. That's right. <laughs> you gotta live it. But that's what he wants for us. He wants us to know him. Right. That's right. And that's, that is through experience. That's, that's this redemptive co-suffering love. You can't co-suffer with somebody sitting at home while they're out that's on true. the street. You have to be with them. Right. You have to be holding them. You have to be there. Mm-hmm. Presence driven co-suffering love. Right. Love is not beyond this. That what we're talking about isn't an emotion. It's an action. Right. That mm-hmm. we, we experience that and we call it grace. God's love in our life in action. Co-suffering love is, is us uh, appropriating God's grace to help our neighbor, to suffer with them, to mm. push through with I them. like that phrase, appropriating God's, appropriating, appropriating God's grace, grace. That's a good one. So I, I don't feel like I can talk about suffering, redemptive suffering, without talking about sanctification. I know we've brought the word up just a little bit, but you know, being made, uh, being purified into the to the image oh, of here Christ here. So sanctification, we have been sanctified, and we are being sanctified. Mind, mind, body, spirit. Right. right? Spirit is sanctified. Soul is being sanctified. Body will be sanctified. Right at resurrection. So. Um, Paul says, for I, I'm convinced 
that he who began a good work in faithful you to complete is faithful, will bring it unto completion on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so what I tell people all the time is that no matter what is happening in your life, regardless of what it is, it is all serving the function to transform you into the image of God. That's his entire, des- that's his image desire. Of Christ here. Right. Like no matter what it is. And positional sanctification as well. I mean, we will be sanctified, but so positionally when we accept that, right, we are sanctified being sanctified and will be sanctified, but we're realizing a future sanctification right now. So a sanctification that we don't have yet is already imparted to us. So we're sanctified in the process of being sanctified. It is our destiny. It is our destiny, but we are positionally sanctified as we are, because this, and these things blow my mind, bro. You know what I mean? We're talking about interdimensional, like, you know, we're going out there, but sanctification is the, is the goal you know, being conformed to the image of Christ is the goal. And so what we were talking about earlier, just before the podcast started was, you know, God had given me a word for, for my present suffering and which is, he was talking about, um, the potter and the clay. Right. And, uh, I don't, you know, I know I don't ever number and name the books that these things are in. I just know they're in the Bible. (laughs) Okay. When he was talking to Jeremiah about, you know, the Lord is shaping the clay, you know what I mean? And when you give him permission to do that. So it starts with, it starts with giving him permission to do whatever he wants to make you what useful for the kingdom useful, right? So he gives us this imagery of clay being shaped into whatever vessel he desires. Right. And I think it was in, where's it, where it says, uh, who looks at the who looks at the potter and said why why have you made me this right, way right. you know what i mean he's doing right. whatever he wants to do we've given him permission to do that and so he's molding and shaping so in that molding and shaping even is pretty uncomfortable because if he doesn't like the way that it's being shaped he'll squish it back up you know what i'm saying that was and a good sound effect <laughs> that was probably one of some the, of you people are getting spiritually squished right now yeah yeah squish but but that that process is so that you can be shaped into the vessel that you were going to be right common uncommon that's God's choice. It's not your choice. You said, make me useful and he's doing it. So here's the interesting thing. The Lord talks about the furnace a lot. Uh, behold, I've tried you though, not as silver. I've refined you in the furnace of affliction for my name's sake, right? My name, my use, my purpose to bring glory to my name. And so when we are the clay and we're shaped into a vessel, that process is, you know, we're getting spun around and, and shaped and molded clay, a clay vessel is never ever, ever able to be used until it goes through the kiln, until it goes to the furnace. And so we get in the furnace and it starts heating up. Oh man, this is, you know, get a little toasty in here. You know what I mean? But still it gets hotter even still. You're saying, okay, uh, we're, 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 we're getting a little hot in here, God. You know, it's, I think I'm done. Still the furnace gets hotter. Okay. Like this is really hot. This is really hot. This is going to kill me. And then it even hotter still. Okay. The clay, it, the, 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 the potter pottery is never able to be used until it goes to the kiln and you want usefulness in your life, but you scorn, but you scorn the furnace, right? But that's the only way there is no that's other way happens. to be used yeah. as a clay pot except for to go to the furnace. But you know, what's interesting about that too, is that the molding and the shaping happens before the firing. Exactly. The, the, the furnace solidifies the work that's being done the or has been right, done. Has been started yeah. 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 He's not reaching into the furnace, right. moving things around. No. He says, I'm, I'm shaping you. Now we're, we're setting this thing in motion. Can I, can I riff on something, Casey, that you said about, I, I, without going into the distinctives of God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit, God experienced death. 
yeah. through Jesus. God knows. He even knows death. That's right. That's right. It cost I, him his life. That's so. I, I, I you don't want. I don't want to. You, you can get astray mashing through that, but at the same time, there's something profound in understanding that God died, right? In a sense, and He chose. So it's He's not. He's not a being that's way out there. Away, yes, our access, our directest access through him is through his son, through yeah. Jesus, the work of Jesus and the power of the spirit, but God knows. Yeah. yeah, and I have thought about that too. It's like, man, it cost an eternal being his life. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yes, that's, you know, what? we have a word for that. We, you know, what homicide is killing another human being. Deicide? Deicide. God was a victim of deicide. Oh, mind blown. Take that one. Put that in your pipe and smoke it. Yeah. Yeah, but deicide. He didn't stay dead. Death of a and, god. And killing of a god. Yet we we can th- that helps that to me that helps that identification. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it wasn't just it's not figurative. It's it's literal and it's part of character. It's part of his nature and character to so become related with us. Mm. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so let me, let me to yeah, fill, bring this, fill this <laughs> awkward, <laughs> awkward pause with this, this quote Man. from, well, it wasn't awkward. It was mind blowing. Yes, I was trying we to pick up the pieces of my we brain. Off of yes. <laughs> so Hans Urs von Balthasar. And if you can say that three times in a row, uh-huh. I'll give you a 10 spot right here. Being disguised under the disfigurement of an ugly crucifixion and death, Christ upon the cross is paradoxically the clearest revelation of who God is. So God is knee, he is all in wow. on yeah. this thing. Mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. through Jesus is all in. I just wanted to make that distinction because yeah. sometimes it's kind of easy to pretend or, or to think, well, he just did that. Well, he's, he participated he co-suffered too. Yeah, in and, a and sense, bro. When Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the fire, behold, there that's, he was in the fire was. with them. Okay, that's right. so yeah, that's absolutely. Right. He's there with you. I, you talk about the paradox on the cross. I often say that you have fo- you have both a full display of God's wrath and God's love in one instance. Yeah. How does that even work? Yeah. Wow. So is his wrath love? <sighs> I, I, Somehow, it's some, intertwined yeah. because yeah, God is love. It is. Are they mutually ex- exclusive or not? Or are they connected, connected. and intertwined? Right. And are they part of a braided rope that yeah. is together? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I don't know. Some we. Yeah, that's a deep. <laughs> do we want to talk about is 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 wrath? Does does wrath come from hatred or anger? And how do we? judge whether or not that is is good or bad yeah right and or evil because we want to we want to see evil as a or wrath as a bad thing but you can have wrath from love like right so i'm gonna be really ticked at anybody who messes with my kid that's what exactly where i was going i'm gonna be very very upset very defensive Uh, probably wrathful would be a good word for me at that moment but then how do you in love do that yeah yeah because man i've been wrathful i've been wrathful about my son i've been wrathful about my son you know what i mean before and uh, was that done in a loving way? I don't know. Probably not. Yeah, no. Right. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say no. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like we're talking about, that that was still there because that's my son. 
You know what I mean? And, uh, Man, just even that thought alone is just... I know, it's pretty nuts. So let me read a scripture that I have here in front of me. I didn't plan this. It was in my pocket, and praise the Lord. The Lord doth provide. Second Corinthians 12.10, uh, So I take pleasure in weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and difficulties for the sake of Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. So number one, suffering serves a purpose for you, but it also serves to suffer for God because he receives the glory in your suffering. When he takes you from weakness to strength, when he takes you from ashes to beauty, from mourning to joyful, Mm -hmm. he gets the credit for all of the work that is done in you during that time. And you get a crown, baby brother. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like you get a crown, the crown of life, man. That's good. You know? So he says, "I I take pleasure in that. Like. Pleasure. Do you know, I mean, do we understand pleasure? I find pleasure from a big bowl of ice cream, right? I I mean, there are yeah, many things that I find <laughs> pleasure in this life, right? But typically not my hardships. Right, yeah. right. Like, this is the best. You're nuts. Yeah. You're crazy. Casey, your situation. Can you imagine being like, man, this is so awesome? What's it's, God going to do? Right. I yeah. mean, that's, that's the inquisitive. That's, that's the, there's where the redemption happens. What's he going to do? What's, What's he, he going to do? Cause it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and for his glory and even then, but the strength that he's given me has been by his word and what he's promised. Right. And he makes these promises, but at the same time, he's, he gives you kind of the end in this really obscure way, just to, just enough to get you to be, you know, just enough, that's strength, right? You hope in the Lord, right? He infuses hope. Right. And so, and so it gives you, it gives you strength. And I am a, a really bad at, at worrying about things and worrying about tomorrow. Right. And I've been finding through this situation that dude, every single second of my day in this situation, I have got to be completely reliant on the daily bread, man. You know what I mean? Uh, I have to be reliant upon his spirit because it's really easy for me one minute to the next to get bent out of shape. Thinking, thinking about a negative end result, right? And thinking about that will plummet me into, into self-depression, which I, you know, which I struggle with that. I'm like 30% disabled with depression alone. Right. And so mm-hmm. it's easy to, to look at the situation, but I've been finding that I have to go every single minute has got to be completely dependent. Right. And so when we look forward, you know what I mean? And we're, you don't, and he keeps telling me, I mean, he gives me this end, but he's like, man, you have no idea what I'm doing. You know what I mean? I, you have no idea. And we don't have any idea what he's doing because these places, these things are too wonderful for us to even right. Who can consider. Know such things, Who yeah. can know it, man? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not God, man. I wasn't there when he put the, when he put the seas in motion. I wasn't there when he breathed the stars, man. So right. who am I, you know what I mean? Yeah. To worry about anything. And I think it's a great offense to him when we, when we look so far in the future and about how I can, because even when I'm looking into the future about what, what can I do to alter that result right. is an offense to God because I'm taking matters into my own hands. And right. when he tells yeah. me, Casey, That's... be silent yeah. and be present, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then I go and I'm not present. Those are the two words that he gave me for the situation. Keep your silence and be present, right? Mm. Present now, yeah. right? And I'm off in my mind thinking that into the sense. future and yeah. worrying about yeah. it. Well, you know that the... The word anxiety actually means fractured. And mm, so when we're anxious, good... we have fractured thinking yeah. Yeah. and we don't have wholeness of wholeness. thought, which isn't being sober in mind either, which we're told to be as well. And so you're mind. not thinking holistically. You're not having a, a whole 
yeah, holistic thought about who God is, we're fractured and we're, we're thinking, well, God says this, but, and we're adding our butts and it's breaking. But how's he going to do it? He could do it this way, this way, this way, or this way, or maybe I can do this and kind of, it's kind of scoot in this way or make suggestions this way or do that. You know what I mean? Like, so imagine facing all of your trials and you're going through a hard time and people are saying, Hey, how are things going? And you're just like, life is awesome. Uh, my circumstances kind of suck, but I'm going to be like more like Jesus at the end and God's going to get all the glory for it. Yeah. Dude, you're nuts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah, we would sure. be radically even, insane. Sure. Even Christian, even, even if you said that to Christians nowadays, they would look at you kind of you yeah. know, with a, with an awkward eye too. And here's the thing about anxiety, man, is like you are formulating in your mind an outcome that it has not happened. That's right. Right. And so you're they're playing, believing you're it is true. God. And yeah, so you're playing God. And then also, uh, it gives way to only one thing and that's fear, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? And behold, what have I not? commanded you, man, be courageous, right? Fear not for I am with you, right? So he's living my favorite, one of my favorite illustrations. I think I read this in Tozer was he was talking about time being in his hand, right? So the entire timeline as we understand it is in his hand. So literally beginning the end and all in between rests inside his hand. So he inhabits all of time at the exact same time. Okay. He's there. Okay. I'm not there. Right. He's there. Let's already. discuss the metaphysics. He's, he's all, he's already there. You know what I mean? So who am I, you know what I mean? To be anxious about anything, right? Because God works all things to the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. If you are called, man, we're called. Dude. We are. So why do I, you know, it's and like, this goes back to what it says. It's so easy to, to, to in our pain and in our hurt and in our lack of understanding to give up. Right. And we give up a blessing. We give up knowing God in a new way. We get, we walk, we walk away from that and we prove our, our, our weakness. You know what I mean? We walk away and man, like when we get to heaven and we understand all things and I can, I get to look back in my life and say, man, that time that I walked away from something that was really hard, I missed out. I missed out on a new understanding and a new way to name him in my life. Yeah. Which is the redemption. That's there. Now, now you can see you, you can, many times we can look back and see if we missed something, what we missed was probably pretty good. It, yeah. There was a redemptive purpose. There was a plan. There was something in place. And I think you're in good company on the silence. In, in, in the face of accusation, the face of opposition, we have to defend ourselves. Right. That's, we're compelled that way. Jesus didn't. He didn't defend himself He at was all. right in front of Pilate and... And stood to, stood to his accuser in silence. Wasn't it si- silent like a lamb to the slaughter? Yeah. Silent the whole way. That's right. That's right. And so we know the end of that story is he's alive. And, mm. and Exalted. That, he, that's, our, that's our, like you said, he's the firstborn of us. Right. So that becomes our experience working through, once we get to the end, there is exaltation, sanctification, Right and resurrection, and, and resurrection. that's and that's and that's the key point here, because the the end of the cross was resurrection. Okay, and so when we bear our cross, that cross is going to accomplish mm-hmm. that purpose in our that's life, right. because that's an area in our life that has to die, and the cross is very efficient at doing that. Right. And it sucks, it hurts, it's a long process, but eventually the cross, the cross does what its work is supposed to do. And, you're, right. and you die in that area. But that means in that area that where you die, there is a resurrecting power. And that part of your life is resurrected into newness, a complete new life. You right. know what I mean? Complete new life. It's actually amazing. The cross 
the the man-made instrument of death has is the most beautiful wow i mean that's the paradox that yep. balthazar was mentioning it's what the most painted uh you know you know the symbol, image yes. symbol ever, ever of beauty so <laughs> man if that's not redemption right there right. what what man the, created for death is is redeemed is redeemed yeah, the and ve- made the, beautiful the yeah the very instrument of death created by man to be the most brutal way a person could die is redeemed for good. Wow. What in the world is happening right now? <laughs> Telling you, bro. Derek, Derek, don't play around, man. <laughs> That's how he rolls. He says, I'm going to wait till the this end to drop the hammer. This has been a very mystic episode, man. The very mystical yeah. episode. You know it's what I mean? Good. We've, we've gone into some... I, wa- I want to say one last thing, and then Derek, I want you to give an encouragement to our listeners um, to to lead us out. But Second Corinthians twelve eight through nine, we see we see purpose for suffering in this scripture right here. Uh, Paul, the Apostle Paul, says concerning this, um, the thorn in his flesh, the tormentor from Satan. Right? Isn't that what he said? Is a tormentor. I pleaded with the Lord three times that it would leave me. So he's saying, God changed my situation. God changed my circumstance. God helped me bear this. And then he says to me, my grace is sufficient for you. One, depend on me and my grace that I give freely. And then two, he says, my, my power is perfected in weakness. So he says, in that weakness, I'm going to bring my power that's going to bring um, uh, perfection, right? My, my power is going to be made perfect in this weakness. So you have to have the weakness in order to have my perfected power. Right. And he says, therefore, I will most gladly boast all the more about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may reside in me. So Paul's saying, hey, if the weakness brings about God's power, then bring it on. And and isn't that the attitude that we're supposed to have, especially in the face of suffering? Absolutely. And uh, I don't want the listeners to get because we definitely don't want the devil, you know, messing around in your life and and uh, having footholds and strongholds and things like that. We're not saying be be uh, passive in your suffering because you're actually you're actually being active in your suffering. The f- faith is a, an integral part of that. Belief, hope, trust, reliance, however you want to put it. Jesus is at the that's why he has to be at the center of this thing. Yeah. That's passive aggressive for your situation. <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? That's passive yes. aggressiveness, right? Yes. That's, and, uh, man, it's not the aggression of taking matters into our own hands. It's the aggression of, in spite of what I see, I'm going to walk by faith as I'm instructed in the scripture. I'm going to trust God. I'm going to trust Jesus. And then the aggression is he takes care of it. Well, what's interesting about this particular passage, passage is that um, the Apostle Paul, he just doesn't pray and say, take this away, take this away. But there's implication that there was actually a listening to what Christ had right. to say about the wow. situation. Mm. Yes, that's good. That's right? good. Prayer and, and contemplation. And, yeah. Contemplation. Listening. Yeah. yeah. Listening. It's huge. Linda, listen. Yeah. Listen. Listen to what the Lord has to say about your current situation. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That and time. trust him. And trust. And you can. Right. You can. Yeah. He, he's true to his word. He's he's true yeah, and true and faithful. Man, man let man will let you down. You know what I'm saying? That's our nature. And uh trust I mean you God is never and like I was trying to encourage you before, like God has never, ever, ever let me down. You know what I mean? Ever. He's never let me down. Right. That's it, not it's in his against, record. It's yeah. against his character. Okay. It's against his will. It's against that to let you down, man, mm-hmm. without purpose on the end of yeah. it. You know what I mean? 
his purpose for suffering is not to let you down. Ah, well, you deserve that. I hope you yeah, hope you learned your lesson now. Good, yeah. And I think and yeah, I think we we think that, that time. Yeah, we think, sure oh, we God's do. just and I deserve this. I deserve this. I deserve this. But man, Christ got what we deserved Thankfully, so that we, so we that don't. we could get what he deserved, that's right. right? That's right. That's yeah, that's good. Wow. He inherited for the wages of sin is death. So he he, he inherited our payment for our sin. So that we can inherit his. So we can inherit his. Yeah. Wow. Or No, we can inherit his inheritance. His inheritance. Which yeah. is everything. Yeah. That's right. Glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Seated at the seated at the right hand of the Father. Boom. Sonship. Purpose. Mission. Love. Kindness. Power, compassion. Love, power. Fruit. Power. Fruit. Yeah. Uh, you know, new identity. Uh, new hope. You know. That's right. All through death, man. All mm-hmm. through the cross, and, all, and all, through, all through suffering. All of that came through suffering. Yep. Derek, hit us with some encouragement as we. Let as me we let me leave up. you with one of my favorite prayers. This is from the Book of Common Prayer, page one hundred and one. Lord Jesus Christ, you stretched out your arms of love on the hard wood of the cross that everyone might come within the reach of your saving embrace. So clothe us in your Spirit that we reaching forth our hands in love may bring those who do not know you to the knowledge and love of you for the honor of your name. Amen. Good stuff. Always good stuff, man. Always good stuff, man. And I, I love these episodes where we, we speak from the position of the topic, you know what I mean? Because it gives, it gives a life to it. It gives, uh, you know, it's relative and you can speak from it. Therefore, you know, Man, it's just those episodes are... Who among us doesn't know suffering? Yeah, no kidding. We, we do. Not one. Not one doesn't know Man. it. Man. It's good stuff. Well, thank you guys always for listening. Casey, I want to let people know about our uh, where they can find us online and do all that fun stuff. Go ahead. Yep, so saltydogspodcast.com. Check out our Contact Us page, and you can shoot us a message or you know, send us an email. We also have a page that says, uh, tell us your story. And so we just want to hear from you, hear about you, know you, and uh, continue to hear from malicious listeners. It's always so amazing. You guys are the best. Yeah, Thanks. We're, we're, uh, we're transcendent as we are imminent. So. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I want to. I want to just give a kind of a blanket thank you to our Patreon supporters. Uh, yeah, thanks think, a lot. I mean, yeah, we have some. I and know. It's awesome. That's. It's and as I always say, man. Like when we, when Jason and I discuss like uh, the numbers, not because the numbers are important, but you know when we see uh, just people listening and the and the number of people listening, it's always mind blowing that it this idea came from uh just a talk one day and we just put together some ratchet system and started making the cranking these podcasts out and like to see what it's grown into has been a really uh a big part of my life this ministry with Jason and with all the people that we invite on is is like is such a big part of, of my life. And, uh, we really do thank you guys. And, and, uh, and we're, I'm, I'm glad that God, uh, speaks to people even cause even if one person comes to the knowledge of Christ or comes to a new understanding, even if it was all, we do five years of this and only one person, dude, that was all worth it to me. You know what I mean? And so, uh, thanks a lot guys for, for supporting us and for listening to us and putting up with us too. Cause we're it's good. Fools. It's good. I just want to send a shout out. We're not going to give full names because some people want to remain identity list, identity list. 
without identity. They don't want to, they don't anonymous. That's what I'm trying to say. But I just want to say thanks to Caleb, Chris, uh, James, Mike, and Patricia. There's a, some of, some of our most recent current supporters. Mm. So thank you so much for, um, you know, showing the love, doing all that fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, we, sometimes we have exclusive episodes. We do early releases. Yeah. Uh, we've got a, a private Facebook group that we're trying to build up. Yeah. And so just some cool things that uh, we're trying to do. And yeah, we're coming again, up with we're coming up with like some ideas for some bonus content. Oh my gosh! I think I, I think no. the other night I told him I told Jason that I wanted to do an entire episode where we talked with a lisp. <laughs> Seriously, though, that would not be cool to do. <laughs> Seriously, though. <laughs> so there I was, sipping on my sweet sarsaparilla See, in Saskatchewan, if, Canada. If, if, that is the, uh, if that is the preview into when what that episode's going to be. <laughs> Seriously, guys. Salty Dogs Podcast out. <laughs>